Well, hello everybody and welcome to the Liverpool Echoes Everton podcast. Been a busy few days since we last uh, got together and it's Greg O'Keefe joined as ever by Tony Scott and the stat man Gavin Buckland. Um, we're going to start by discussing an interesting development. Uh, we've reported today that the Premier League met on Thursday evening to discuss, amongst other things, all the chief execs of, of the different clubs, all 20, got together in London to discuss the away fan initiative. You may have seen this, the 20s Plenty campaign. Uh, uh, different groups like the Football Sports Federation, Blue Union, Spirit of Shankly, are very keen to stand up for away fans and get clubs to agree on a, a cap for away tickets to encourage people to get to go to the game and make it more affordable. And we learned that the only club to stand up and argue for that was Everton. Now, there was a vote afterwards. and From what we can understand, some clubs voted for it, but the majority voted against and it was unable to be passed. So there we are at square one. As a Blue, I take some pride in the, in, you know, the Blues standing up and being the only club prepared to put the neck on the line. And ultimately a bit disappointed, well, more than a bit disappointed, that in this era of money pouring in from broadcasting rights, a record, I think, £8 billion yeah. coming into the Premier League next season, and not one of them could see fit to try and make football more affordable for your average fan, Gav. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it's been in over a few years, isn't it, with the overseas rights? Yeah, I think there's, there's two aspects to this, isn't there? There's the way support, you know, um, obviously, you know, what is it, 50 or 60 quid in some grounds, isn't it, for the, you know, so... Could be 77. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's that aspect, and, and you think the money flooding in, I think, I think there's, you know, reducing the, the burden on away fans once you, once you get into the transport and, and, and uh, so on, it can be expensive business, uh, far more expensive than I was going away from home, but that's the first, the other aspect is, the atmosphere in grounds is catered by a big away f- Following, isn't mm. it? And it's one of the. It is a good assumption. Yeah, 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 let's have it right. It's yeah. not a unique, not unique to England. It's like you know Germany. They have great atmospheres. They place it like don't they? And they have like regularly, you know, thousands go from away fans, and it's important to retain that atmosphere because you know people go on about the sterility of Premier League grounds, and that will you know by sort of not making it sort of attractive proposition for away supporters to go. You're making that worse, aren't you? Yeah. So there's two aspects to it. There's the fairness, the 2030s plenty, and keeping the way support for the good of the, the grounds and the atmosphere. And I totally agree. I totally agree with it. I mean, cynically, you say, well, Everton, we charge relatively, well, I don't know what our rates of tickets are, but it wouldn't matter if you're Arsenal or something like that, 50, 60 quid. You know, if it's 30, if we're just doing a matter, if it's 30 quid, actually, you're losing a, a supporter, and you have, like, say, 2,000 supporters again. That's 60,000, isn't it? Again, they're losing over 19 Premier League games you're talking probably a million million quid they're giving up so that but they like that yeah it is mm. the, you know what business will give up a million quid even like a Premier League club as you say could I quit you know you know all that money coming in hundreds of millions of pounds worth of turnover um, but it's what and it, it, does it go back to this consumer and fan thing that's had a lot of publicity that plan I was talking about mm. today. If you see fans as consumers, you charge them the full price. I and think, yeah. You know, if it was a fan, you'd have regard to their loyalty and stuff, maybe yeah. charge them less than that. There's something in that. I mean, I really do. I can't emphasise enough how I applaud Everton's stance there. And I suppose the only difference is that when, you know, consumer fan, 
as a consumer experience, Goodison Park is is wonderful place. We all love it. With you know, with all our hearts, it's somewhere mm. we've, we've grown up and seen some of the happiest times, some of the worst times of our lives as well. But yeah. equally, it's not on par with an Emirates Stadium or an Etihad Stadium. So maybe we're not as entitled to charge the top whack as those clubs. But ultimately, I think it comes down to essentially greed, doesn't it? Because I mean, if they all agreed to do it. It wouldn't just be your Arsenal's losing money. It would be every single one of them. Yeah. And you know, that would mean that whatever X amount was unavailable to, say, Arsenal on transfer dealings, then it would be unavailable to everybody else as well. Yeah. Uh, granted, they'd charge more, so they'd maybe be, be they'd there lose more. Health. Yeah. But, so, I mean, what's your take on it? I fully applaud Everton for, for what they've done in this. I said, when it comes to ticket prices, I think Everton know which side the bread butter's on. They know the majority of their fan base, a working class from around the area, and they can't afford 50, 60, and as we've seen just across the park this week, £77 tickets. They just simply can't afford it. And even if they remotely even put an increase on them this year, say for argument's sake, in a couple of years' time, if they even said, listen, your home match ticket's now 50 quid, 60 quid, 70 quid, the ground would be empty. It would be empty. You've seen a uh, one sense of Everton do do quite well as with the youngsters. You can get a kid season ticket now for ninety five quid. You can get lower uh, young adult season tickets. You can get them on the direct debit. They are really good the way they, the way they look after the fans, Everton. So they really know how to look after the, the supporters. But I do applaud them for what they've done with the Premier League. As I said, the only club to do it. But what what my take on is it that why can't the Premier League instead of going to a vote with these twenty Premier League clubs, why can't they just say, listen? This is what's happening. Every ticket is 20 quid or 30 quid, and that's it. There's no vote about it. I think you've got to, haven't you? You've got to have 14 clubs to agree to any any change like this, and I think they only got was the seven or eight clubs, I think, of which... But haven't which the got, Premier League got the power to dictate no, this? I'm aware of, no, they've got anything like this, which is voting for the, like changing the rules or like bringing in a new rule. You've got to have a minimum, I think it's 14. Uh, so they can't just mandate clubs to do that. So um, I think, sorry, to have, I think what's disgusting is that it's only a small intake of their club's income yeah. is based on ticket sales. Yeah. They're getting mega, mega, mega books from Sky and obviously the TV deals. This is just a drop in the ocean. So, well, so why are they doing it? Well, it's... Yeah, say for play, say that Arsenal... I don't want to pick on Arsenal. Say a club who's losing a million pounds a year through this. If they've got a player in and, like, say, £100,000 a week, it's only, like, 10 weeks... Ten weeks of his wages, isn't it? You know, so in that yeah. context, it's like it isn't. It's a good and, 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 and that's it. And and but it's an opportunity for some good PR, isn't it? Yeah. It, it that's the thing, isn't it? It's a, it's an opportunity for a good news story that they get accused of greed and stuff like that. It's an opportunity for a good news story. It is. Get it out there. It is, know? and also some club, not not all clubs, will sell out their away their away allocation week in or every other week. Sorry. Mm. They would, I'm pretty sure, if punters knew they could get an away ticket for 30 quid. Every week, whether it's they, if Bournemouth that was guaranteed, or Manchester United. Yeah. You would have, as Gav alluded to Bundesliga, mm. you would have bouncing away sections, which in turn, I think, invariably leads to a good atmosphere anyway, lively home ends. and Like you say, Tony, it's so frustrating that the Premier League can't impose it, but I think Gav's spot on it. It's not able to mandate clubs to do something because... Ultimately, that confederation of clubs 
Well, they should be name and shame, really. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it is, and it, well, it is frustrating. frustrating. But the, their businesses are the and like the yeah, but as well as the businesses, the yeah. football clubs and the fans, they're not yeah. consumers. These there's emotional things to these yeah. to these football clubs, and they don't quite grasp that. I don't know. And this is one of the things. And that's and what they pull you on. Don't it is this fan and consumer thing again, yeah. isn't it? I think it probably which is the other thing that's come up this week, isn't it? it is and and if you if one of the bigger clubs, you know, when it's like I mean, having a big club, but you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. They're, they're not competing domestically. They compete with like rival clubs in Europe, aren't they? Uh, and I just think the income goes up next year effectively, and it's wrong that some of that income shouldn't be yeah. put back into the game yeah. in yeah, a definitely. little way. Well, so you know? you've been to, and I remember you went to the Allianz, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. To, to buy it, to buy and watch Bayern play. And, you know, you got ticked dead easily, didn't you? Mm. You know, Bayern's commercial model is reputed to be up there with most clubs in the world. I was speaking to an agent last week. It was He, he literally was speaking, he was enwrapped by how good they are commercially in China, like I say, the Far East, the Middle East, Bayern Munich are a money-making dream, a money-maker's yeah. dream. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're not putting, as far as I know, they're not like cranking up away fans tickets like your Arsenal's and your United's and your Liverpool's might be doing. So there's a way to do it if all the clubs agree on it. And you can still have a brilliant thrive and commercial arm and make a lot of money. Yeah, if Bayern Munich do that, I mean, some of the other smaller German clubs is a bit of a, a bit more problematical for them. But it's just, it's just to me, it's an opportunity missed. It is an mm. op- with the money coming into the game ne- next year, uh, on the back of say billion pounds worth of uh, new deals and yeah. stuff. And I think, I think that that's sad, really. And I think. You know, Don't you think these the so-called bigger clubs in the Premier League, well, the mega-rich ones, they can basically say, we know if X, Y and Z fan doesn't go because of the price, a guy from overseas will take their place and spend yeah. mega-bucks in our mega-stores throughout the game. Well, so like, we're, we're not really interested in that. Let's go, yeah. back, let's go back to the Etihad. Mm. They wouldn't put the kick-off back. Now, obviously, it was never confirmed why they refused to put the kick-off back for the fans who were stranded like we were on yeah, the M62. Yeah. But the suspicion being that it was because they didn't want to clash with football supporters in the Far East, the Middle East, paying what, you know, whatever to subscribe to us the Premier League. So the local fans end up getting you-know-what on. Yeah. While those fans yeah. got to watch the game mm. when they paid to watch it. Well, yeah, near that, well, one, one of their arguments would be actually with the overseas TV rights being what they are, actually they're paying enormous amounts of money for us to kick off on time. And it's, it's a, there's so many different yeah. conflicting, you know, conflicting mm. priorities for clubs, isn't it, that they've got to try and, there are. Try and meet. And know. encapsulated in that is Arsene Wenger, getting back to Arsenal, but he was asked about it this lunchtime and he said, it's a vicious circle. The TV money coming in next season will mean players will have a higher value than ever. Clubs will routinely spend big, big, big money on transfers and they'll have to try and make up that money back in turn by putting up ticket prices. So, I mean, it's an interesting one. It's going to go back before the Premier League in March. Um, I hope it, there's a bit of common sense involved. I, I hope that this, you know, this argument doesn't just fall flat till March. Maybe you know, the Football Sports Federation is doing a great job of trying to raise awareness. The hashtag 20 is plenty. Mm. Go and have a look at that on Twitter. Have a look at the likes of what the Blue Union is saying, Spirit of Shankly. And I think we can all agree, Everton obviously can, yeah. that it makes sense to have a sensible, fair cap on away ticket yeah. prices. And I, I, I've got to say as well, and it should it should come into play with the home tickets as well, especially what, what we're going to be seeing tomorrow at Anfield. You, you, um, 
there's going to be a protest there for the Liverpool supporters as well. Well, I mean, look, obviously this is a Blues podcast, but mm. what do we make of that? It's it's interesting. I mean, we'll all be talking about it. I don't think it's ever happened before in Anfield, Gav. No, no. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? But it goes, it goes back to what Tony was saying before about people, you know, if people don't want to go, there's people to replace them, isn't it? That, that's, if you've got a business like that, you can basically do what you want, can't mm. you, really, in, in the short term? I mean, with Evan, it's, it's slightly different. Um, but... I don't know. I don't know how long you can go on putting up places until people are put. Well, I suppose people put places up while people still want to go to the game. It's all yeah. supply and demand thing, isn't it? Yeah. Really. Um, and while that demand's there to go to the game, people will put the places up to run like a, a business model, like a like a business, which is, has been like that for donkey's years. You know, it's mm. not a modern phenomenon. But it, I've never seen anything like that locally. I've seen a few people walk out to cut the snap to 77 minutes. That's a slightly different <laughs> I've seen it earlier than that to say this week. So, mate, we've yeah, all got yeah. red, mate, so we'll all yeah, be, yeah. be having a pint tomorrow. I can, I can totally understand the theory in what they're trying to do. I said they've got to show the rest of the country, the rest of the world, the TV, the owners, that what they mean is business. And they mean, listen, we're not happy we're paying this X amount of money for a ticket, it's just not on. Over a thousand pounds for season tickets, seventy-seven pounds a ticket. It's, it's it'll stop. It will stop in the end because it'll come a time when everyone just say, "I bit the bullet. I'll watch on the telly and ask." Yeah, well, the, the, I, well, that, so that, fully that will, behind that. That will what will change. What will change the places? I've mean, spoken about this before on 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 the podcast. What will change the place and structure and attendance at the ground is once at some point in time will happen in the future. Maybe in the next TV deal, we can watch every game live. Yeah, either like through it. TV subscription or online or on Facebook or whatever you know and that that will, I mean it happens in other countries doesn't it you know I think we I think we I think we're the last country out of the big leagues where you can't access every game live um, uh, and you know that will happen and it's been subject to at least one court challenge hasn't it mm. from a from a um, media company um, over restrictive practices and once that happens then that that will change. But that, you that, see that football change, clubs drop the ticket prices down. That may change the way the, the you, you see uh, you see things happen. May change the way away fans mm. see games. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I would imagine in five years after the TV deal after this, I think that will be one of the options because we all know we all know there's you know pirates and let's face it mm. and stuff, mm. and uh, that's one way of eradicating that, isn't it? Right. Speaking of away fans, Greg. As we were there on Wednesday night, we seen um, Newcastle League. Did they didn't fill their allocation, did they? On the um, on Wednesday night, I think they left the upper Bullens just totally empty. They brought must have been about fifteen hundred down, two thousand tops. He left the whole upper Bullens empty. But did you blame them? What they see, what they saw? Not really. No. The fans didn't turn on either the players. So. Although that was said, Greg, your thoughts on Everton's overhaul performance on Wednesday night? Well, as you know, uh, I was in the paddock yeah. on Wednesday with my brother. A rare, a rare night off from the um, the sort of the reporting duties. So, obviously, saw that perspective of it. Our season ticket in our family is really close to the pitch, and you get a weird view. Mm. And, you know, it's certainly different from being in the main stand Definitely. where I'm used to being in the press box. Yeah. It's, it's a couple of rows from the pitch side. So, you get that immediacy, you get you know the players, you can hear what's going on, the throws, the shouts. It's good in that sense, but equally, you miss that perspective from the main stand of seeing how a goal developed and you know that yeah. sort of bird's eye view, if you yeah. like. But I loved it, and I was quietly impressed, satisfied rather than impressed. 
by the performance more than anything else the result and the game management I, f- I felt at 2-0 or 1-0 rather it looked like it was going to finish 1-0 at one stage mm. then obviously Ross Barkley made all the difference um, and we ended up with a comfortable win and more than anything else it just felt nice to come out of Goodison Park without that toxic kind of nervousness and anxiety hanging over hanging over the place and I think it wasn't a classic Newcastle as I've said I thought were awful they'll stay up probably because they just do don't they but do, I'll tell you what do it tell that Dunby must be some player for them. <laughs> yeah. but I was impressed by Aaron Lennon I thought he was superb and deserves to keep his place as I wrote when he, you know, on, the, on the Thursday morning uh, hopefully Lukaku will be fit and be able to go to Stoke and more important than anything else it's just that we can get back to back wins for, you know, for the first time in ages but yeah. Gav what did you make of it? I, I thought uh, going back to what you're saying I thought Newcastle absolutely awful I'm not totally convinced they'll stay up from baseball I saw it on, uh, on Wednesday night I mean I just thought they were, they were awful Steve and, McLaren yeah. wasn't happy in the press conference was he, he after the game he, yeah. was, he was fuming he said he's, he's just yeah. told them to shreds in there and we'll get a response on Saturday against West Brom he said yeah it happens I don't know I mean and just, but at the same time I thought we played. I know there was one. Didn't you see one fellow after the game? I wasn't happy to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, I thought. I yeah. yeah, I, I thought we played well. I mean, I thought we moved the ball around well um, around the pitch. Um, there was, you know, a bit, bit sharper up front. Agree with Greg. Thought uh, Lennon had a really good game. Thought Cleverly had a good game. I thought, Thank you, Gav. Yeah. Someone mocked me when I said man of the match a big Tom. Yeah, I <laughs> thought, uh, and I thought Ross plays well. However, there we go. There, there was, you know, and I, I know Jason is, Derulo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thought that was Saturday night. Wasn't <laughs> I? Yeah, and, but um, there was that spell in the second half, wasn't it? For about he played like somebody said he played like Peter Beagley for five minutes. You know. Yeah. Um, that he sort of like three or four times he's in good positions and he sort of never released the ball and it was lost and you know I, I, it wasn't barracking but there was a bit of murmuring in, in the crowd there was I can, and I, I can testify to that yeah, where we yeah. sat yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that I don't, I don't, you know, because, you know every you player gets yeah, fans are entitled yeah. to say Obviously, there's a there's a line where you draw across if you're yeah. criticising a player, but yeah. obviously there's going to be moaning groans because I think what it is with Everton fans, and although we've seen one or two tweets, especially if there was a Daily Mail reporter who said Ross Barkley is getting dogs abuse from the Evertonians. Well, I'll go on record. The, the lad, nev- he's never got yeah. dogs abuse at all from the Everton supporters in the crowd. He never. What it is, I think the Evertonians, they know this lad's ability and they know what he's capable of. And when they see him on the edge of the area and he's coming in, they know he can stick one in the top corner, no problem. Yeah. But when Ross wants to come back inside the game, but what I did feel sorry for him, on which which you think what the Everton fans got frustrated with on Wednesday, is that there was a lot of times, especially after Ron went off, is that when he had the ball and he was looking for different options in front of him, there was a Coney on the wing. Yeah. He was literally surrounded. He'd take two or three midfielders on. And then he had no option. Yeah. So that's where the Everton fans would get a little bit frustrated. Not probably with Ross, or probably with the team in I general. Think so, support the lad. so much of our attack and play on Wednesday night went through Ross yeah. in that like number ten role as he was sort of playing. It was inevitable that you know, and they were largely just reduced to getting men behind the ball. And as soon as he got the ball, they were getting men to him because yeah. he was clearly the danger man. And for any player, even one as good as Ross, it's difficult when you're surrounded like that. Yeah. And I think if the frequency he was on the ball, if nothing else, 
made it natural that when he didn't do, because as you say, they know what he can do. Mm. Fans were getting a bit frustrated. I don't think it was a case of him being singled out. I just think no. he was on the ball that much. Yeah. And we saw clearly what yeah. he can do. Yeah. Cool. We saw and, it in the FA Cup. Yeah, and yeah, and it was, it was one nil, wasn't it? And there's was a bit of bit of tetanus. So sorry. it definitely was yeah, so a few moments. Ross has got, I think it's eleven goals in thirty-one games this year. Those eight assists as well. Yeah, assists as well against nine goals in ninety-two games prior to this season. So he's basically overtaken his career in the space of course, yeah. in, the space, in the space of like yeah. you know thirty games. Uh, so where do you think? His development is. If if you're going to attack his career about where he's going, where do you think he is on the path to being a top, you know a hated first top player? Where, yeah. You know where do you think he is on that? Sort I of think slope? he's on the start of a rapidly upward spike now. I think last season he he sort of flatlined a bit, mm. and I think if if there's a curve, if you can imagine like a big roller coaster, mm. he's just at the start of going up and up and up. Because I don't think we're seeing the best of him yet. No, no he's far from the finish line. Yeah, yeah. But what I think he has massively improved on this season is his decision making in the final third. Compared to last season, I think it's improved dramatically. We've seen the goals adding to his game, like the confidence in his game now. You can you can yeah. just see he's flourishing, and he's an absolute joy to watch. And what I will say is, when we've seen Rom suffer in the last five or six weeks, I think Ross has dragged Everton past that. Do you know what I mean? where we've been sweating and we were all saying a couple of weeks ago what happens if Lukaku gets injured or drop in form? Well, Ross has just taken us through them dizzy spells, so he's got us to where we are now. So if Rom can sort of get his form back as well and add to that with Ross, as I said, we can start going up that league finally. Yeah, I mean, there was there was, there was sort of moments on, on, I think it was the first half on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, which sort of captured those two things you're talking about there, Tony, where Ross... Pulled that great ball back from the byline with his left foot, didn't he? That took everybody out. Yeah. It was a great ball, and he saw where Ron was. And I think at Christmas, Ron would have been in the six yard yeah, box, yeah. but he was like standing probably six, seven yards away, you know. And and come back to Barkley, though, I know what you're saying. I think we said before on here, I don't think he's going to win them on the play. He's going to have like a sudden massive spike in. You know, you know, like say what Ronaldo had in say two thousand and six. Yeah. I just think over the next three or four years, he's just going to gradually improve. improve. Yeah, I don't think you'll see a major, like, massive step change in his his his, his ability to change games. I think over the next two or three years, he'll just gradually. He's only twenty two, isn't he? Under yeah. Premier League games, by his mid twenties, I think he'll be a different player to what he is now. But Scared, he'll be, isn't it? yeah, mm. yeah, because only twenty two. Twenty just turned twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he's he's still got a lot, like a few of our players there. I say he's still got a lot to learn, but he has been tremendous the last uh, three three games at City plays well as well, didn't he? You know? I think he's, got, he's the um, second youngest player to get to get on yeah. appearances for Everton, isn't he? Premier League, yeah. Premier League, yeah. which yeah. is some goal in which yeah. to tell. Do you know the top one is by the way? Michael Ball. Echo columnist, an yeah, all-round yeah. top egg. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're only saying that because of tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> so, just um, one thing I want to ask you as well, briefly, before we touch on on Stoke, the goalkeeping situation. Obviously, Rob Les. You when, had to go there. Yeah, I had to again. go there. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know your opinion on the fans' intake from around where you were sat. Were they could, were they comfortable with Joel in goal? Don't. The truth be told, they were palpably more comfortable with Rob Les in goal than Howard. And I just think common sense demands demands now. And the manager said Howard's still injured. 
So Robles retains his place in gold to Britannia tomorrow. And Common Sense demands that he, he keeps it after that as well. Even when Tim Howard recovers from this knock he's picked up, Robles stays in goal. I just got the feeling that now it's a no-brainer. The mm. fans around were more comfortable. The defence looked more comfortable, to tell you the truth. They looked more you know, sort of assured that behind everything was getting dealt with. Um, he didn't have much to do. You've got to bear that in mind in, in sort of like mitigation. Yeah. He wasn't mm. tested by a very limited be tested tomorrow, Newcastle attack and he will be tested tomorrow. But personally, I've got confidence. Listen, he's not... The, it's, we're not all of a sudden talking about a Peter Cech in his prime. No, no, no. He's not brilliant. No. But he's solid and yeah. he's reliable. And you just don't feel, more than anything else, that he's going to throw in a random error that costs you a goal. Mm. Think, if you're going to beat him, you've got to beat him. Yeah, yeah. 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 there's a couple of scary moments on Tuesday at Wednesday. I keep on thinking games Tuesday. It was obviously not, uh, on Wednesday, but I, I, I agree with that. Um, but it's, it's not whether the fans are comfortable, it's whether the defenders are comfortable. Isn't it? That's the, they seem that's more the relaxed to me. You know? The defenders. Well, it could have seen it go to two go hand in hand. Hand in hand, yeah, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. So going on to Stoke, Greg, he, he is going to be tested tomorrow. We're, we're, we're going to need a really good performance. And we've seen that Stoke. Massive performance. We've talked about Stoke before, where me and they've won one league game since they, since they beat us in December, knocked out of two cup competitions. So if Evan are ever going to go there and get results, tomorrow's probably the time. You know, if there's one place I want to go and see us turn it on, mm. it's the Britannia. Oh, it, 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 so much about Stoke I admire. They're you know, a proper football <laughs> club. The fans, you know, good football mm. fans. Uh, the chairman's a local fella, spends a few quid. Yeah. You know, I do like the Mark Hughes former blue, but at the same time, do my head in because, <laughs> in do a sense, head in. Who, do my head in. who are they? Yeah. And, and the, yeah. you know, they're bidding us for Shakiri, bringing in all these top players. I don't sound like a spoiled kid here, but yeah. more than anything else, you know, they've just got seems to have this Indian sign over our heads recently in recent seasons. And I remember last season at the Britannia was one of the most low points of Martinez's oh. reign. I remember certainly this season at Goodison was one of many low points where we threw yeah. away that lead and ended up getting beaten. I want to go there and beat them and shut up those home fans, yeah. shut up Delilah. And mm. it's a testament to Stoke, actually, that yeah. I feel that incensed yeah. by them. You know, I, I think we can. But, I, saying about Stoke doing your head in, but, you know, but, but that's the way it's going to happen in the future. This, that's all linked back to what you were saying at the start of the conversation. The influx of money coming into the game means that, you know, you know, it's a regular feature of the podcast, isn't it? Mm. You know, those middle-ranking clubs that in the past have been below yeah. Everton in the pecking order can now compete not just with Everton, but with mm. clubs, probably yeah. so-called clubs big, you know, bigger than us or bigger revenue yeah. than us. And so, I think it's just something we've just got to get used to, I'm afraid, and sort of, uh, you know, that's just going to make it's going to be in the future. Yeah, I'm not, you know? I'm, like I've been a bit tongue-in-cheek. I don't yeah. deny that they've no, got no, a right to isn't. be right up in the yeah. mix. No. And we shouldn't be. I, think we're probably, I don't think we should yeah. should be beating them. Don't no. get me wrong. I don't we should be that. above them in the league, definitely. Well, I, in my opinion, I have a feeling. That look at our squad and look at theirs. Mm. They've got a great squad, but then you can talk about as we have done whether we've been underperforming. I just think we owe them one, basically. Mm. Yeah, I mean, last last year wasn't great. Um, do you think, but, I'm sorry, do you think Roberto Martinez, he hasn't got the best of records against Stoke, has he? Do you think Stoke are one of his teams where he can't basically get one over them? Well, actually, I was going to point that out because though he's lost his... Stoke have never beaten us in four, four consecutive games, by the way. Ever. It's just so, three on the spin, is it? But prior to this current run, they were the club that he had one of his best records because he played them ten times as a manager and never lost. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. So, that, so, that yeah. Wigan, that yeah, does yeah, surprise Wigan, me. And I think he'd actually played them as Swansea as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Why is he struggling on Everton? Well, it's just been a couple of couple of things, wasn't it? Last year was a penalty at Goodison, wasn't it? And the uh, um, you know four three, you know, and, but there's no excuses for the two 0 was there in, in March. Terrific. Uh, but 
don't you think we're sort of have we reached the sort of the worst of the season's gone now and that we've won two? I hope so. That, and that we've got I feel I feel so. Yeah. That that perhaps we sort of like we're coming out of the dark winter and entering like a sort of early spring with two wins on the run. I mean, Alan Cairns used to say years ago, child manager, if you're in the Premier, you can get two Premier League wins in succession. It just changes a lot of things. And I think mm. we can go up to seventh, can't we? I think. Yeah, yeah. it's mad, yeah. isn't it? When you think last you know, week we were so, talking about yeah. relegation, weren't we? Yeah. You know, last week's podcast, we said the importance of the next three games, the FA Cup game and two crucial games. Yeah. And we've uncomfortably at Carlisle. And we've uncomfortably against, uh, against Newcastle. So, don't we think we'll be carrying that, that, that sort of feel good? I think okay. this is a massive game for Everton, not just, I think this could be the momentum for the remains of our season, because see, obviously we do get a result, we do beat Stoke, I think the confidence then, two wins on the spin, yeah. as you've just said, the worst of the season's behind us, we've got Bournemouth in the cup to come and we can kick on, yeah. but if we get beat, or have a poor performance... And then it's all supporters are going to be thinking it's just another false yeah, storm. back to square one. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. Right. I think, it's a massive, massive game. This is effectively what it's been since the Bournemouth game, hasn't it? Mm. We've had like sort of one step forward, two steps back, haven't we? Yeah. Since then, we've never. Really but we've ne- we haven't level. won a league games, have we? Since yeah, yeah. obviously Newcastle yeah. on on Boxing Day, have yeah. we? So I think this is it now. This this game on on Saturday, this is the be all and end all for the season. You'll know. Straight away, if this is the new Everton, what we expect yeah. to see, or the old Everton, what we've yeah. seen this season. I haven't said that. I think who's you play next week? So West Brom is it? West, West Brom at home. Yeah. So yeah. I'll take, I'll take a point on there. Uh, take a point on Saturday and West Brom at home next week. You'd be hoping for. Us I think to, yeah, you'd take you know, a point. Realistically, not getting losing. I agree with exactly yeah. with what Tony mm. said. Yeah. Losing, and you can forget the the sort yeah. of the joy of spring just tantalisingly on the horizon because yeah. losing. And you feel like you're right back in the middle of January, the yeah. early January, yeah. don't you? Rather, but yeah, a point. And then you look at West Brom, but I mean, West Brom are no mugs. Yeah, well, we've got to like fixtures, you know, yeah. like uh, over Christmas, you think, oh, well, uh, three points there, three points there. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like like that, Swansea, Leicester, Stoke. Yeah, you see them. And, and we didn't win a game. Lose all, lose all. So, in terms of tomorrow, then, coming back on Greg, you're saying a few good performances on Wednesday. I mean, out and bear in mind, Stoke still have a reputation, but you know, I don't really get this reputation though, but being a bit of a direct team, which they're not. Um, how do you think we should set up tomorrow in terms of perhaps is our new signing available tomorrow? Is it or do we know? Well, in typical Everton fashion, yeah. we're going to be left waiting until we get to Britannia because there's paperwork that hasn't been complete concluded yet. And Roberto said this morning that it's 20 the next 24 hours will be crucial whether or not they log the paperwork for the visa. You do sigh, don't you? Because mm. it just feels sometimes that there's other clubs who do a deal on deadline day and the visa's oh, sorted right. like yeah. that. I don't know what happens with us. Uh, Greg, Can I just you know, ask his fitness, Greg? What's his fitness? I think Roberto said he's not fit enough to, to start yeah. or play 90 minutes, mm. but if the paperwork goes through, he'll be on the bench. Yeah. And, you know, you'd have to ask the bookies what they think, yeah. but you, mm. you can imagine him coming on, you know, bit of pace, bit of directness. Got score on the winner. You know, I, you know to be fair, and... I hate hate having a goal players, I really do, but Aruna Kone is just isn't doing himself any favours at the moment. He I, really isn't. I, I thought I know what I don't know whether it's made on Wednesday. I thought he came up and linked play. I don't know if it's just I made thought like that. I thought he made said that. I thought they could, I thought he linked and his his touch was a little bit better than Rom's I just, maybe that's just me. He holds the ball up well. Yeah, you can't just come on and hold the there ball. There was a point, yeah, wasn't yeah. there, when I think yeah. a ball was played to him down the left channel. 
And fair play to him, he, his pace got him yeah. ahead of the play. Newcastle were on the back foot reeling, and all of a sudden he looked up and he had the final third to attack, and he basically flapped it. Yeah. He, he was looking left, looking right. Instead of putting his head down and turning on the turbo boosters, he just he's, sort of withered them. And next minute he's turned back round, and they've got behind the ball, and it just the momentum sagged. I think they were, as you said, they were with the momentum. We won the up, getting time to chase that second goal to kill the game off. And he's missing glorious chances, and where it seems which one? More do you mean? To, well, he was two serious chances. One he blazed over the bar, and one he just missed. Really, yeah. he was an open goal ready, and he'd rather take the defender on and then put it into the empty oh, net. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're going to yeah. just put it in and kill the game, Stone yeah. Dead. So in terms of tomorrow, then going from starting up the pitch, it's going to be Lukaku going to be fit. Or let's say he's going to be, be fit. fit so let's we, say, we let's say Phil. Tomorrow. Phil spoke to the manager, and I think fingers crossed. He reckons he'll make it. Yeah. Although it, it looked painful from where we were sat. Yeah. Colicini didn't, by the way. Mm. Properly yeah, didn't. Yeah, knee in the back. Yeah, it, yeah. how the yeah. referee's assistant missed it, mm. I'll never know. Proper did him in the bottom of his back, the small of his back. It looked really painful. And Marnes said that that had an effect on his um, neurological, basically, that right in the bottom of his spine, the lumbar spine, we did it. And he couldn't. his legs were going numb. That's why he basically never came out for the second half. Hopefully he'll be all right. So let's say he is. So we got Rom. So Ross. Two, so the three, assuming we play, four, two, three, one. That's assuming. Uh, assuming. Yeah, assuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who would we play like the three? You you said before, Greg, that Lennon. I all think he's for me. Yeah, yeah Lennon. Day, yeah, Lennon yeah. definitely. He's been one of Everton's the star performers so, the do, last two games. Do you think? Dare I say, De La Has he got a few things to learn from? Alan Lennon, um, most yeah. definitely. I, spoke, I yeah. spoke to a couple of fans after the match um, on Wednesday and every single one of them more or less said that if Aaron, if um, Gerard Delafeu can take one leaf out of Aaron Lennon's attitude and his tracking back and showing everything what it means to play for Everton, I said, don't get me wrong, Gerard Delafeu's got an immense ability. He's really he's frightening to watch sometimes, but there's another side of your work you've got to do. And if you've got to help Seamus in defence and you've got to get up that pitch and sort your fitness out, and look what Aaron's doing in two games, he's already set in stone yeah. on that right side. So for me, Aaron Lennon's got to be starting and then Gerard Delafeu on the bench. Yeah, could have had that trick on there Wednesday night, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah quite yeah, easy. Yeah. So then Ross, I think, is a Ross. So wide left. It looks like it'll be cleverly, won't yeah, yeah. it? And then you've got Barry and McCarthy. Who I thought it was nice to see them two reunited. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I will say is that although it was great to see James McCarthy back, I hate I'm to have a little pop at him, but I think he will always play the the, the easy ball where there is a there's a more Bessic in the side. Yeah. He's more forwards, he's more offensively driven. Yeah, well, you know my feeling to McCarthy, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think he's only playing eighty percent of And he's got that in his locker, haven't he? You? You, you can do yeah, it. Yeah. You can do it. I don't know. I don't know whether it's tactics or the way he wants the manager to play or the way he wants to play. So we've but done them definitely more. Okay, so any what's happening with Bessis? Is he? Uh, he's not, not, not available yet. Yeah. Um, end of Feb. He's going to yeah. be out till. So we've done the midfield strikers and then on to the back four. Seamus and Leighton Baines. Do you think I, will come back in? I have to say, sorry, just to say Seamus. Yeah, because we haven't really got another option. Yeah. I thought he was poor against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought yeah. he. Yeah, I thought. I thought, I thought he was poor in his final final ball and stuff. He Awful. got. He got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did his job defensively. Yeah. A limited, you know, Cece didn't seem to want to know, did he? No, no. Yeah. Um, so Seamus anyway Seamus, gets um, Leighton straight back into the team for, for me yeah. for me Leighton goes straight back in but he was you know rested rested mm. if you like on Wednesday Alviedo did really well so on form 
what do you reckon, lads? Do we stick with Brian or? Does I, Bates... I think he Blake Baines international class fullback, isn't he? And his experience and so on. But I do like Ovie though, and but I think you've got to bring Leighton in. But you don't know. I mean, I've seen something today about whether he's cleverly wa- wasted at wide left, and this this whole thing about whether he should play Oviedo and Baines on the, the left hand side, which mm. is be interesting know, to see if he would ever go there. I enjoyed watching Baines in midfield. Funny mm. enough, at Newcastle, Newcastle yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got Shum Leighton, and then you've and got the two centres. Is John Stones fit, Greg, or out? Ruled out. out. What I will say is that. Funes Mori, he's got away with a couple of howlers that are creeping into his game. Now, we see in a Carlisle where he's just he's swiping at mid and he's getting away with it. He got away with a Carlisle, he got away with it against Newcastle. It's highly unlikely any decent teams that we play, he won't get away with it, he'll get punished. Yeah. So we need to radically cut that out of his game, surely. Yeah. And then I hope that would come with time, wouldn't it? And but I think He's just it, swiping at mid isn't yeah. he? Going, it's just, just it just it I don't know, it just unbalances the defence. Everyone yeah. starts a bit to get a bit nervous, especially if you just one nil up or it's a tight game, you just need to cut so that. Some of his distribution's not, not as good as what you would want it to be, I think. Mm. Uh, you you yeah. can't give the ball away out of defence. Yeah. But John Stone said that when he first came into the yeah. team and he, he sort of pretty quickly picked it up. You I, know? And I think Mori to his credit put in a couple of really strong anticipatory challenges yeah. as well mm. when he's come out of defence and you're thinking you're going to have to win this if you commit yeah. and he did yeah. he got the ball mm. and it just nipped danger in the bud whatever danger there was from Newcastle yeah. so we've picked the 11 if I'm thinking on Funes Mori he's probably the only player we've got who's a threat from a set piece as well yeah I agree he is he consistently finds the ball finds him in the air in, in the box you'll get about 25 to 1 for him to, oh, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, is that 20, right yeah yeah we'll get about 25 to 1 for him a little dabble on that why not yeah. why not the, the only thing I'd say is Taylor Fayou's five Premier League goals two come against Stoke so bring him on a sub bring him on a sub yeah. Yeah. why not yeah, yeah. goalkeeper so, obviously so he, he can his, score the yeah. winner so to stop Stoke doing mm. Greg's heading yeah so amazingly a positive podcast for the change it's been a long time <laughs> so we'll go with predictions uh, that's good news though isn't yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it is no it is refreshing mm. yeah. to look in the light of what you were saying Gav at the difference a couple of wins can make. Yeah, yeah. And to put together Premier League back to back wins, I think by next week, we could all have our feet up, shirts on buttons, <laughs> drinking cocktails, yeah. and dreaming of the summer. Well, yeah. we'll do that regardless about whether it's a podcast <laughs> or not. I'm Saturday night and one for South Parkside. Dreaming of uh, Europa League as well, you know. Yeah. But no. Oh, steady <laughs> on <you. laughs> Prediction, Gav. Uh, I will go with, I'm going to go with the draw because that's what I said before wouldn't be the worst result. I'm going to say. We always draw one all at Stoke. Last last six visits there, we only scored three goals, two own goals and a penalty. So uh, I'm going to go for a tight one all. Body's going to score an own yeah, goal. Go, yeah. Body's yeah. going to score yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with the same scoreline we last won there. I think it was 3 2. Tim Cale got the winner. Yeah, yeah. 2008. So right. I, yeah, I think we'll go there and we'll win 3 yeah. 2. I'm low to say we'll win because every single time my back was for a win, we don't. But. Funnily enough, I don't think me saying this on a podcast has got anything <laughs> to do with what happens, funny yeah, enough. Yeah. So I think I'll back us for a win. And I know I do believe that on the crest of a bit of a wave, um, we'll go there and get results. I think it won't be easy. I think they'll probably score. Uh, and I think we'll win 2-1. So that concludes our business. Thanks for listening as ever. We'll be back next week, buzzing off a great win at Stowe, hopefully, and looking ahead to West Brom. Thank you.
Nu BTW Neeweken bij Beddereus. Ontvang 21% BTW-korting op alles. Kijk dus op beddereus.nl of kom naar een van onze Beddereus-winkels.